Welcome to the My Rules Are Better podcast. I'm Tom Barblay. This is being recorded live on Skype with the one and only Barney Dicker. Hello, Barney. Hi, Tom. So I've not really been recording podcasts, mainly because of the girls, but also because of a few issues that I haven't been able to successfully narrate through podcasts, which we can either mm. try to do through this podcast or just give up and talk mm. about other happier things. Uh, in terms of your <laughs> podcast, Loco Ludus, I've seen a lot of interviews appearing in the feed. When we last spoke was probably about maybe three, maybe six months ago. I didn't, I didn't count it this Gosh. time. Normally I do. I think we... I think we might have spoken last directly in November. Mm, okay. So not quite not quite the six month mark, but certainly no. interesting times nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. What's been going on in your you know, rules philosophy, rules writing, rules participation? Yeah. Well, I mean I think I think this is I'm really I'm really excited to to, to talk to you about all the things that I've been up to. And I'm also excited to hear about what you've been up to mm. as well, because as you say, uh, there's not been many podcasts from you. Um, yes. So I don't know, should we, should we start by talking about me and then switch mm -hmm. and talk Certainly. about you? Certainly. Yeah. Super. Um, so, I mean, kind of for better or worse, the, the Loco Ludus podcast has, has kind of fallen into a monthly pattern. Like I say, that's kind of that's kind of got pros and cons to it. But it just seems to be what's doable. Mm. And actually, one of the one of the prompts for me in terms in terms of getting episodes out and done has been interviews. You know, there's been there's been a, there's been some kind of relevance to certain conversations, mm. and um, so it's good to, it's good to have that as a motivator i mm. feel you know uh, you know and talking today is is also you know that's also uh, uh you know an indicator of that you know it when you when you get the chance to actually bang heads Certainly. together with people it kind of works mm. what's interesting about it though is by by not no great design just focusing on the the interviews that's meant that that that's been there because I haven't been finding the time to actually sit down and kind of articulate all of the game design stuff I've been mm. doing, um, which is been lots. So hence the forum here. So let's explore this. Well, indeed. Yeah. Okay. And and you're you're very welcome to uh, you know berate and chastise me mm. for, for all of the things that I might say, or you might ask me to clarify. Mm. Uh, what I'm talking about, but um, from my side, I've I've got the alluvial planes mm -hmm. game and system mm -hmm. that that we're working on, and that's been the that's been the the long the long project, I suppose. And then along came the League of Eternal Guardians, um, and that is still going. And that I mean, I'm going to repeat myself, perhaps from last time, but very briefly. That the system for League of Eternal Guardians uh, was then taken into the Tricksters Net project, which um, took up a significant part of last year. And there are still some things to tie up with it. Uh, but this was this uh, international game design exchange project for young people in Germany, where I am, Kempton specifically, and across Wales. And so that was... That was going from June till the very end of September, basically. We were playing regular games and putting the, the, the campaign world together. And just after Christmas, I, uh, we, we, we published it online in digital form. And at, at about the same time, I also sent the files off to a local printers. And last Monday the 17th, which is my birthday, I, I went and picked up the print copies. And so um, next to uh, a little collection of a set, a little set of the, uh, the Alluvial Plains dice, uh, I will be sending you, Tom, a copy of Trickster's Net um, as soon as I can get to the post office. So uh, this will come up on my yeah. side as well. So anyway, continue, please continue. Yeah. But thank you. So, yeah. Um, so, so that was, that was 
that was really good, really big, really special. Um, it was great to it was great to really you know put the thing together with with a wonderful graphic designer uh, who lives near me in Germany, who is just fantastic, uh, Christian Tier. He's just great, um, and he did he did a lot of the a lot of the preparatory work, and then I kind of tweaked this, tweaked that, changed that, jiggled that, um, which which was a great process. So I learned an incredible amount about InDesign, uh, putting the publication together, and then starting off this relationship with the printers, uh, which is actually really nice, and they're super. We've had, we've had well over a 1,000 people looking at it. We've had over 500 downloads all of this on the itch platform and uh, now we need to you know start uh, distributing out the the physical copies but you know just that 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 shift to actually having something in your hands um which which is which is pretty much as you want it or pretty was it comes out has come out pretty much as i would expect it you know that's just great and in terms of that project um it's wonderful to have an end result and to have had a good response for it because i'm also working on a on developing a new uh youth exchange project and it's so great to have tricksters net as an example of what can be done and what has been done so that uses the same system as League of Eternal Guardians, and I and I created an SRD uh, for that before it came out, and that uh, system I've called the Counterpoint D6 system, and that can be got uh, on my itch page too. Um, and so I'm I feel like the whole thing is getting kind of closer and closer to getting League of Eternal Guardians out, getting Alluvial Planes out, feeling clearer about uh, design parameters and design choices. Um, but the other thing is, Tom, and this is this is where you'll, you'll uh, possibly, uh, you know, wag your finger at me, is that I've decided to produce or uh, get crowdfunding for a zine in zine month a simple he says a simple thing which i'm just writing which won't be anything big like or bigger like uh league of eternal guardians which has contributions from other people or like alluvial plains which has you and spencer and david involved in it um and that's another kind of a test for me, I feel in terms of, you know, getting ready for these bigger projects. And I've started, a, I'm going to use the, the coffee or the Kofi platform to do the crowdfunding. Are you familiar with that platform vaguely, Tom? Uh, I am not, but much of what you've said, I'm not familiar with. So the fact that you can <laughs> get people onto the, well, and my perspective with yeah. regards to crowdfunding is, it's interesting actually, because this is part of, talking to people who have successfully crowdfunded, which is part of my discussion as well. But yeah, I think, um, I don't know. I really don't know. Honestly, if, if you're getting people on your sites, that's the most important thing. If there are communities, which I clearly don't <laughs> that use, you know, itch and other things, by all means, you already have the source of, of people that are already familiar with your work. So far be it from me to say, you know, well, Kickstarter well, I mean, or nothing. But I think, you know, it is, it is, Anyway, um, I well just to just yeah. to just to talk about the Kofi thing, mm -hmm. it's quite interesting, and I'm interested to see how it will serve my needs mm. uh, or one's needs because it, on the one hand, it's it's kind of primarily set up to be an alternative to Patreon, but it also can be used like a shop, mm. um, and you can do crowdfunding on mm. it. Um, you you pay you know people pay up front so it's not like kickstarter where where you know it's make or break um so that of course has you know implications you know one needs to have a project that you that's within your scope your budget to do anyway 
but I, I think I think that makes more sense to me somehow. So I'm interested to see how that will go, and I'll happily, of course, well, huh, I'll, I'll even you know um, insist that I send my my the, the the link to you so that you can put them in. The yeah, show I'm rather note. curious that you haven't actually promoted any of this stuff to me up until this point of actually talking. But it <laughs> well, seems like that seems like a failure just in and of itself. No, if I might wag no, my no, finger, no, 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 no. I tell you why because I literally. I was I was kind of skulking about in all of the discussions about Zine Month, which is a kind of a response to Kickstarter and their choice to move Zine Quest to August, maybe, and all of their stuff about um, Bitcoin or crypto or whatever it is that they're doing. Um, so uh, it was it was it was thursday evening or friday morning or something that i actually started the the coffee account and i just yesterday i kind of had a fiddle about with it and i've had more of a fiddle about with it today and i've literally just started sharing the project the 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 the, the zine project today so um, mm. No, I'm talking about uh, all the other stuff you talked about going on last month or the month before, and anyway. But well, we'll continue on. We'll, we'll continue we'll, we'll on. on. But, but I mean, but 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 you know, alluvial plains—that's still going. You know about that. No, you know that's that is that. Um, League of Eternal Guardians. You've set up the the subgroup of the League of Eternal Sandwiches, right? Which still Certainly. is still most definitely is still there. I reflect um, on the smells I, frequently. Yes, indeed, and and. You know, Trickster's Net, uh, we have spoken about before. Um, and so all of these other things are all, you know, all, the the updates to that are all little things that have popped up over the Christmas mm. period. Mm. And and I mean, I don't know if I'm fully dehibernated mm. or... Oh, believe me. Quite, you know, believe me. So, yes. So are these, I can... Should I start talking about my? Yeah, go okay. For, yeah, go. So for it, go for it. I'm going to start with the good stuff for a change. Yeah, and I need to say, Spencer and David are David in particular. David was a kind of slow creeper in terms of the friendship, but these are two people that are very central to my thinking with regards to last year. They both provided amazing feedback at different mm-hmm. times. I mean, I'm literally trying to live David's dream of seeking out game centers of the United States and, and moving there. So they both had a really strong impact on me. And it made me realize that I actually have these these people who, for whatever reason, because they've had successful games with me in the past, I guess, and are willing to put up with potentially future games, I'm developing quite a, an address book of people that are wanting to play these games. And mm-hmm. the area that I'm not really sought out is Australia. And sadly... Mm-hmm. Australia is actually full of people that want to play these games, and mm-hmm. I've just completely exploited my address book in this regard. Mm-hmm. Last weekend, by surprise, I was contacted by my friend who lives in a garden in Yorkshire, quite a created environment with no a road leading to it, but no other humans around it, Bob Mottram, mm-hmm. um, who had historically worked on my simulation work and he said he'd been looking at sim line and he wanted to solve some problems in it so sim mm-hmm. line now has all the maps we're now looking at map versus memory management versus actual output versus everything so sim line is now like having been neglected for many months mm-hmm. thanks mm-hmm. in large part to to my children it is now in a stage where it's actually something bright and shiny and with me working on it and with bob working on it and Mm-hmm. The various parcels of Guinness and other things going to Bob's place to say thank you. So that thing has become now, and Bob wants to, I guess, own in some regard, or at least shop the maps once they're done, uh, and mm-hmm. has found half a dozen digital environments. So he hasn't really looked into gamers yet, as in mm-hmm. tabletop gamers, but these maps are just absolutely gorgeous. And we've mm. gone back and checked all the copyright, and we own all the copyright and this kind of stuff, but really, if you want to have almost well adding a three dimensions isn't particularly difficult but individual identified buildings and train stations and just uh, it's i was putting Mm. stuff on i've got a big screen in my uh podcasting room i was going Mm. through it last night and my wife just walked past the doorway and said that is absolutely stunning and i said yes Mm -hmm. this is is just central london you know 
So I think mm-hmm. the visual aesthetics, if nothing more, and the ability to play, I mean, we were talking about alluvial planes for World War II and this kind of stuff, but the ability mm-hmm. to really treat the subject matter in a completely different way. Uh, Bob, I mean, really, the, ch- the nature of the changes he made was just brute force. It was about 40 hours worth of donated work with the stuff that I'd already done. Uh, and he was able mm-hmm. to get it to a, where it was just like visually stunning, which is just the nature of Bob's work. So that thing has become more than just something I'm working on. It's something that someone else is working mm-hmm. on who has an mm-hmm. end goal and, you know, potential clients. Um, mm-hmm. So that has been a really interesting development. The... Well, please send me a picture. I want to see this visually. Oh, stunning. sure. I'll, I'll, so. I can I can start dropping you PD, uh, PNGs, which is the output that he yeah. produces. Ooh. He identifies individual buildings, which means he picks colours for each building. So you have this tapestry uh-huh. of colour, which is individual buildings over the, the southeast wow. of the UK in 1940. Um, yeah. So I have the um, the folks who are obsessed with pillar boxes, pillar boxes. Uh, also, I've joined their society. So, yeah, all this stuff is just... I mean, it reminds me that with a little water, a little sunshine, a lot of my ideas actually give something that is beautiful. So it was quite stunning. So <laughs> these, are, these are the good things that have happened. Uh, the other thing is, you'll remember the miniature company and the hope to create miniatures and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, something yeah. has happened over the past couple of months, which... Um, has not been publicly talked about. I'm thinking of making YouTube videos about it because it's dramatically affected me. But they, uh, the US Postal Service has stopped delivering to the United Kingdom, the, uh, England in particular. And they oh. didn't do this without telling anyone. So, they, sorry, they did this without telling anyone. So I have four parcels that I'm currently tracking, including one from Germany. That they're all stalled in the US. So they're not even flying to their respective places. So when this happened initially, I started contacting people saying, you won't be getting your packages, I'm actively tracking it. But then I realized that much of this miniature company thing was based on having, yeah, maybe a month wait, but not two months plus unknown things. Mm -hmm. So I've gone back and contacted a variety of people, including folks that have run very successful Kickstarters, Mm -hmm. and said, okay, this is the new normal, what does this thing look like? So we've gone back to kind of base salaries, and now... Slowly, we're starting to see if we can use FedEx with certain requirements to move stuff around. But it basically brought that whole thing to a kind of grinding halt and then a reassessment. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think, if, for me personally, things have dramatically changed in the past three months. Mike, so, so just, just can mm-hmm. I just ask, before yeah, before we talk more about that, mm-hmm. can you post... Can you still post things to me, say, in Germany? No. Does Europe... Not through no. US. No. No, Germany was cut early on and now it's in a kind of fluttery stage but i have a parcel coming from germany to me that is currently stuck in the u.s and last update january 6th so my father tried because my father is like this to get me a package and was able to successfully get me a package through the postal system but australia is different australia was more stop start earlier since then it's all been going fine but you could find a page which i have found and since promoted on the Postal Service website, which actually indicates when these shutoffs and opens actually start. So my view is hold on for those things, uh, or I'll send you FedEx money <laughs> if it works. Oh, uh, I see. Because I don't think there's any... So this is obviously Omicron, and certainly through my professional life, I've not seen anything like this level of devastation with my professional colleagues as well. So we are now... Yeah. Having had various contact scares and other things, we're now in the process of working out what this thing will actually look out like. Um, I have co-workers where one of their children mysteriously has COVID. You know, they've got four children. One of them has COVID. Um, so the whole thing is looking considerably so more. D- yeah, sorry. And it, it, does this come down? Does this come down to the pandemic? Is that what it is? That's what, the, well, the, they're not flying to England specifically. Well, they're not flying to England and... 30 or more other countries because of the pandemic. Ironically, things seem to be getting out of England. So my view is that the US postal system, I think it's now run by the employees exclusively. And I've had various, I had a a postal staff person dance outside the front of my door when I went through these things through the week. And I just like, that's it, right? FedEx is getting (laughs) from now on. We're not even touching these people. 
So basically, um, it's an employee-run organization. They don't have to do anything. Uh, it's They don't have to document the way they behave. Um, and my view is until maybe six months, maybe a year, who knows how long just the backlog they've created will take to go through. Anyway, right. so post out, these things out, artifacts out, all the things that, you know, made this pandemic remotely worth living, plus the ability actually to get material i mean that's what it really is it's you know you can't make miniatures if you can't do anything <laughs> you gotta get material in mm-hmm. and out so that has all been shelved i've literally gone through aspects of my life and said okay okay so this is we're just putting on hold for a year and thankfully mm-hmm. the core folks i was working with which is always the problem here is the humans uh have all agreed to um with the general vision um uh, they're all agreeing to you know just bunker style with salary. Mm-hmm. Um, so thankfully mm-hmm. all that folds down into something which is, is quite manageable still. But it does change okay. the general nuance associated with things. So I haven't been... There have been a series of these things coming up, particularly with working through with individuals to see what states they'll be in and these kind of things. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. there's been a lot of HR, human resources related stuff rather than visionary related stuff. And also working mm-hmm. out is this for six months? Is this for a year? Is this for two years? Is this for, you know, what are we actually dealing with here? And of course, mm-hmm. you know, while Granny's getting ill, no one's actually talking about what happens to things like the postal system. So there's no knowledge about this uh, in a community, unfortunately. So who knows what it looks like? But from my perspective, mm. we now need to assume no. We're moving to FedEx. We're mm-hmm. starting that early on as anticipated four to six times more expensive. Uh, as anticipated, right. lots more paperwork. But if we can actually get things reliably from A to B, it's a different world. But it's still a considerably more expensive world than when you're dealing with literally, you know, basic survival. <laughs> You've got to work mm-hmm. out where these things actually lie. So we're now mm-hmm. in this investigation phase, which will probably last a month or so. And hopefully the Postal Service will deliver some things Within that time, they haven't yet. But the other thing you see is these are all things that are documented. You know, you normally in good times, your parcel will go through place to place. It would document the place and the state of the parcel and the parcel mm. being arrives, right? They don't log places anymore. They've stopped doing that for three months now. So, you know, I don't want this to become a let's talk about the postal service and how it's failing <laughs> podcast, but it has been a major impact. And so let's return to alluvial plains briefly. Yeah, yeah. You and I had a conversation last year associated with, I'm interested in expanding alluvial plains magic. Also, um, more notion, perhaps channeling some display cast, but the, more the notion that there is an overarching anti magic, anti kind of multinational force coming predominantly from ancient Rome. In the process of doing that, I read histories, uh, particularly of the invasion of ancient Rome, that made it seem considerably more Python-esque. And in the process of doing this, I went back and kind of Pythonized major points in the invasion and departure of ancient Rome. I actually think the, the, the colonies, so to speak, were considerably more expensive and troublesome than has been... I mean, it's obviously been documented. But the notion that the... Mm. That the, the, there was something Python-esque going on in the Roman uh, invasion. Mm-hmm. In particular, the, the motivations and the actual invasion itself just seems to me to be, like, eye-wateringly funny um, in a variety of different ways. So I've explored some of that with regards to the new development and written up various histories, and in particular, mm-hmm. still thankfully, because we can get illustrations digitally, worked on that. But the idea was, anyway, that I perturb alluvial plans in a particular direction, and I was told very firmly, no, by <laughs> Mr. Digger. Like, this is not happening. You can go and molest your own rules. Thank you very much. Um, which is basically what I did. And ironically, leading, in, leading into this very podcast series, when I started yeah. recording and you started listening yeah. and then participating, yeah. was this yeah. idea that I had a rule system that I'd written and then actually discovered <laughs> through the early parts of the book. So I got that rule system, started dusting it off, started reading this Python-esque stuff, started paying illustrators to, to, to illustrate the, the <laughs> minstrel's landing on on the coast and all this other beautiful stuff. And um, then I uh, put this work down, and actually I worked on it through the 
end of year period, but nothing mm-hmm. too serious. But I have been able to gather together. So I'm in the process of taking the humor, here comes Rome stuff. And then mm-hmm. also looking at the rule system in particular, the motivating rule systems. So RuneQuest, uh, Dragon Warriors, um, early Warhammer fantasy, uh, role play, all of which I have the rules are physically here too. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I've been going through a renaissance while dealing with these other things mm-hmm. in specifically to get this thing together. The plan was to test it with these evil Australians early, which still might mm-hmm. be the plan, uh, and get it into something which I think is, is worthy to pass back to the, uh, the originators of said idea. Um, so I, it was, it was very curious correspondence you sent me, particularly because I think <laughs> you didn't realize that I already had a rule system simmering for the purpose, potentially. Um, and I quickly said, ah, that's this rule system and here it is and we'll work on it accordingly. Unfortunately, I don't know what actually, I mean, you have children. You've, you've raised your children yeah. to a sufficient level yeah. that they seem to be almost self-sufficient in their time frames. But yeah. Every day a little bit more. Every Very day good. a little bit more. Very good. I'm actually really getting into the parenting side of things and easily That's stopping good. podcasts and, and other things mm. because, quite frankly, times are just strange. There's just so much bizarre yeah. nonsense yeah. that's going on currently. And um, so, yeah, no, it's been an interesting experience the past few months. And I think um, I don't regret slowing things down dramatically because mm. basically the world has slowed down dramatically in my mm. experience. But one thing I am doing, thankfully, uh, is having a lot of really interesting evening reading material, some of which mm-hmm. my spouse finds rather curious to... But no, I really have been... And obviously, through this period of time, of course, the knighthood of uh, of uh, Ian Livingstone, which oh, yeah. has uh, struck me because it reminds me that only three short, two, three short years ago, I mm-hmm. spent my life planning around that and still have the residual elements of that. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's, uh, I've had co-workers actually that have been able to break into England over the past, uh, few months, but mm-hmm. I've basically put off all travel just to weather mm-hmm. the current situation. And I think, um, you know, particularly things like, you know, a majority of the co-workers you need to work with are uncontactable because they're sick with COVID. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> These kind of realities have become, and also, yeah, yeah that's, the new normal is is forever changing. So it, it it is, and I and I and I've heard that you know in on the British Isles, you know, including the island, the island of Ireland, hmm. um, there's there's lots of talk of lifting more and more and more restrictions, and hmm. this is at the same time that Germany is seeing more cases and so well, on. Well, they're so, seeing more cases too. That's the that's the undisputable well, fact is that they're talking about lifting well, yeah. restrictions because you know to, to go to go back to the whole alluvial plains discussion mm. um, for the clarity of your your listeners and perhaps for us to to, to just clarify our exchanges about it um, you know our exchange has been really fundamental for me working on the the system which I call the vantage system mm-hmm. you know our you know, we've 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 talked about the easy dice, as you call them, mm-hmm. the easy dice structure, mm-hmm. which um, you know you you got that you got that lovely easy name for the easy dice, um, and and I'm I'm still just kind of stuck with three two one. Mm. <laughs> um, Doesn't roll off the tongue quite the same, does it? No, exactly. Yeah. So you know, just for anyone who's listening to this. Uh, and doesn't know what we're talking about. We're talking about six-sided dice, mm. primarily. Sometimes where twelve. You have, yeah, where you've you've got, say, on a six-sided dice, you've got three faces of one value, mm. two faces of another, and one of another. Yes. Um, and of course, you can, you know, if you've got twelve or whatever, you can, you can, you can mod modify that. Mm. Um, so our discussion about those those dice dynamics goes back goes back a long way three years um, probably you know, yeah yeah something like that and uh, you know that for me was the th- that was the start of that core mechanic mm-hmm. for the vantage system and mm. alluvial planes was always the primary setting mm. and so um so to get into that 
you know, to so to progress through that in discussion with you, where I'm working on allu- I was working on the alluvial planes or the vantage core rules, mm. and you were working on the just plain chaos easy dice rules, mm. and that was never really uh, the case with me. I mean, to be frank, the easy dice are an interesting dynamic which could be mathematically applied. However, I went very quickly back to just yeah. regular dice with just blank cast because there was nuances that I needed in the in the gap, so to speak, um, sure. of easy, easy dice. But um, you always want something that people can quickly pick up. You know, easy easy to learn, hard to you know master master. Yeah. So and you want and that mean, dynamic you know, if possible. And I think I, there are still flaws with the easy dice that I cultivate. But when I think of um, vantage, I think of dice pools, and I think yeah. of dice in terms of an additive sense rather than a. Yeah. And obviously, the individual dice mechanic is important, but yeah, I think that's what drives me. With less so thinking, I mean, obviously, it is easy dice on some level, but more associated with dice pools and the mathematics of dice pools. Yeah, and and but I mean, you know, what I'm talking about here is just how our conversations have been. Uh, you know, I think a valuable a valuable string to mm. the bows of both of those projects, whether, you know, whatever's been mm. kept or, or, or discarded. And so, um, and with, and with the alluvial planes setting, um, you know, partly responding to your own, you know, your kind of, uh, your encouragement that I should focus on specific projects and not let them kind mm-hmm. of just, span out mm. um, which has been what's happened even up until this day right well well this is the thing so so you know the vantage system if you like the reason why the stone age setting i i wanted to be the first test case if mm. you like was because i i felt like I don't know. I don't want to say it had a sim- it has a simplicity mm. or a purity or something, but there it's are- romanticized by a good number of thinkers in a good number of ways, and because it's unknown, <laughs> it has a mysticism associated with it which you can build on. Well, I'm talking. I'm talking about not having uh, submachine guns and motorbikes and Certainly. aeroplanes. That's yeah. that's yeah. what I'm driving. And the early there, Romans like- are exactly that. Well, there you go. But but see, the point is the point is that what I what I've been wanting to do is get the the vantage system as a core system mm. um, slick, mm-hmm. and then also having a a a, a clear resolved setting mm. for that system. Now, when you suggest um, taking us out of the Stone Age um, towards the the Roman era. Um, I, I I think that's a great idea, but it's not alluvial planes. That's that's my thinking. And so for me, the question is simply, Tom, do you want to use the Vantage system or an adaptation of it for the Roman game? Or is this your own thing, which goes back to perhaps what you had in the Easy Dice setup or, you know, whatever, you know, and whatever is is doable isn't it it's all it's all it's all good i wish i had that email quickly to hand because i think reading <laughs> out the email would, would illustrate to the listeners perfectly where you were coming from um and no i look i don't fault you my view is that actually owning something and feeling like you own something is perfectly fine it was a very curious email to read initially uh, but the, the same point it also missed um the post britannia rule system uh no, the right, okay. that, so, no, so, hang on, hang on, hang on. Yeah. No, 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 no. You see, so, I mean, just again, I mean, of course I have a, a sense of ownership for alluvial planes, but I'm very happy for that to be our group effort. What I feel I have the ownership of is the vantage system, if you like, um, because that's 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 the core thing that I've been working on kind of on my own, if you like. Um, and, and not at all, I've not at all forgotten your Britannia, uh, rules at all. Cause we've talked, we've talked, we've talked about that a lot. We've talked about that many times before. And I, I've even been privy to that whole debate where you said, I've got the rules. I found the rules. Oh no, they're not the rules. Oh, uh, I think I've got the rules back again. Is that correct? 
I don't know. <laughs> the whole thing was kind of strange to me. And it's interesting, actually, because I have earlier... I literally in front of me, I have a... I don't even know what it was. I think it's Gremlins-inspired, or at least the, the creatures are Gremlins-inspired. <laughs> this is large text in a book, which is games rules written without actual... I mean, this is games rules prior to games rules. So as a child, I was constantly... I don't know how old I was when I wrote this. I don't know. I don't know. Let me see. Maybe six, seven? Um, so I was constantly writing these books of rules where they were as much a representation... I mean, the thing about the Britannia rules when I got... when they returned to me was just the sheer level of detail, the extreme. And we've had on um, folks such as, as Matthew and others who I've wanted to get back on who've talked about their own experiences, obviously um, Chris Abbott as well, of actually mm -hmm. writing rules. And the, not just writing rules, but creating environments and the whole breadth mm -hmm. that people went to. I guess even as a small child, I was doing the same thing without necessarily the fixation on rules. So it's a, as much a story as it is a game system, and mm -hmm. it's as much an exploration of... I don't know. It's just, it, it, as an artifact, it is a thing that is more than the sum of the stuff that I described it previously. And in going through it, um, in particular, just the notions of class hierarchy, how you break class hierarchy, how you escape from mm. class hierarchy. I mean, these kind of things are, um, anyway, so refinding the rules. My big question, my big question for you, Tom, mm -hmm. is are you now going to publish that? As you wrote it, no, at the age definitely of not. six, definitely not. Or are you updating this? It's completely and, updated and for a modern audience. Yeah, there's no point <laughs> in publishing something that is so esoteric. Even I don't understand it. I mean, I, no, I, I think yeah. th no. The whole purpose of rewriting these rules is actually to put myself, and this is why I'm going back to the original source material as well. This is why I'm going back to Dragon Warriors and the first mm -hmm. edition of you know Warhammer Fantasy. Uh, role play and all these kind of books that was just so seminal for me at the time but again it is a very strange thing anyway so yes um the evolution of actual current contemporary rules that people will pick up versus this thing is more an artifact than it is anything and really i find myself taking photographs of various pages and just reflecting upon those pages but the 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 emotion behind it which i think we talked about when the rules were lost. The emotion behind it is a is independent of all of this. So to have the original artifact back just brings the emotion to a different state. But anyway, with regards to the um, the meetings that we used to have, of which this was supposed to be one of uh, Spencer, David, you and I, uh, particularly when you are not around, are particularly are uh, just really fascinating. And this is the thing I think it was just it was just David and me chatting, waiting for people to turn up initially, that made me realise that David either had completely trolled me and gone through all my background podcasts and stuff, or actually was genuinely interested in very similar things that I was interested in. Uh, you know, so I think uh, he's, he's he's just a he's just an absolutely uh, wonderful person who has this kind of. Um, magical mm. magical like he's like it's like he ate he ate uh, a long wave radio mm. as a child or something and yeah. you can just tune in yeah. to anything and everything yeah his father is a gameskeeper a gameskeeper like so <laughs> the whole thing is just anyway so yeah these these anyway so I think you have a powerhouse, not me, not stupid me, but everyone else. You have a powerhouse of people that you could yeah. be doing amazing things with. So I guess if, yeah. if I could say anything coherent in this, and clearly I haven't been able to up until now, it is utilize the powerhouse that you have gathered to create more than you have originally produced, I think. Because I think yeah. certainly the fear, and I wish I had this email, it's got to be one of these. The problem is we've had so much correspondence <laughs> in the past few. Yeah. Anyway, but do you, want to, do you want me to try and find it? Yeah, and then, it doesn't uh, matter. The, but the the thread was very clear. Yeah. Get your meddling hands away from my game. No, um, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're not wrong. But <laughs> the point is, the point is, let's 
let's let's get the the Stone Age game done. Mm. Oh my let's goodness! Let's get that done. Well, you've got and, agreement and here. It, that wasn't in the email, but let's get agreement about that. Well, no, but that's what that's what I mean. There's there's we can't we can't stretch the Mesolithic so far that we get to the Roman invasion of Britain. You know, and 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 of course, all of these ages are you know arbitrarily uh, you know separated. Yes. You know, what is the Mesolithic? Yeah. But the point the point is that I do think. And I think this is, I suspect this is why, partly, why why you see it as being in the context of the whole thing somehow. I, this, <laughs> um, because it is a quantum, not a quantum, mm. it, like, it is a noticeable shift yes. from a Mesolithic environment yes. to, a, to an Iron Age. And the and, complete assault on every aspect. I mean, we were talking about magic initially. Yeah. But yeah, the complete yeah. assault on that, and the way that yeah. mysteriously these things very beautifully are historically described as as nice blends of just olive oil shows up mysteriously, and you know these kind of things mm-hmm. versus actually the the cultural ideological invasion that it was, mm. and mm. I think yeah, so you're right. My brain just went ding. Right, that's that's the point where but, all these but, things come together. Yeah. So I, th- I mean, I think there. Are, I think uh, you know, if we're talking about this kind of you know perturbation rather than yes. contestation, perhaps or something. But I think yeah, exactly that kind of oh, what would happen if we brought the Romans into this much more um, Neolithic, if you like, or or what? I mean, it should be the Bronze Age, really, shouldn't it? Bronze yes. Iron Age, whatever. Yeah. Um, you know what happens when we bring those two traditions into dialogue with each other but i think that that suggests a whole lot of new mechanics and a whole lot of new uh background mm. and kind of game dynamics which which are beyond the scope of alluvial planes but mm. i absolutely say let's do it if you if you feel and i think i think what i'm trying to say is i think you also appreciate or you find inspiration in the that invasion mm. as a design space mm. Mm. so i have the I'm email really up just, so i'm wondering yeah, whether you should it. read it or whether i should read it why don't i read it since i have yeah, it up. you read it yeah go on it begins hi tom i have a thought a great one in my opinion how about you develop your own easy dice celts and romans rpg which i work on with you this would form a labour exchange. Your work on alluvial planes for mine on Celts and Romans. We credit each other, of course, on both projects. You take on Easy Dice is great, and uh, develop that as somewhat standalone system makes sense to me. Whereas radically altering the Vantage system seems, for want of a better word, pointless. Once the Celts and Romans <laughs> is developed, we will see how we position it in our collective stables. I think Celts and Romans would be really cool. I'd love to work on that. The opportunity to play Celts and Romans would be a lot of fun. Here again, Barney has created this game, Celts and Romans, which is... is let's continue. Um, I think <laughs> I Celts mean, and Romans I mean, would be really cool. I'd love yeah. to work on that. The opportunity to play Celts and Romans would be a lot of fun. What do you think, B? And that yeah. was the email, which I thought was... I think that's, yeah. I, I think that's a great email. I still mm-hmm. I still stand by that email. Very good. Um, but, but this is the other thing, is whenever you talk about running alluvial planes, you always talk about doing, like, uh, a butchered rules version of it. <laughs> it's a butchered rules <laughs> so, to start off with. This whole nature of the rules are given to me in purest form. And then, well, look, the first version of alluvial planes had nothing associated with fighting large animals. Or in battle. Sure. In fact, at every point that others have played alluvial planes uh, in the mastering role, in the mm. I don't know, narrative role, they've always had to pause and really think when it comes to mm. actually swords or arrows or slingshots flying. So, I mean, I think no, I don't. No, I mean, I don't. I don't totally agree. I mean, to me, that the, there's always been a provisional line between you know it, you can use your hunting ability if it's mm. small animals but if you're actually in combat with the animal mm. you're using that and either you're using a missile or you're using a melee weapon mm. and that's how you derive the dice pools from that so mm. of, to me it's not that it's not it, it, there isn't that well, i i 
Of course, in the whole process of writing rules, things change and the playtests reveal things. And the, th the big thing that I realized is that um, I, 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 I haven't written like a, uh, a game mastering section, mm, mm. <laughs> which is just the most you know silly thing not to have done yet. Mm. So there's that. But but um, I'm not I'm not. I, I, I'm not assuming that the rules get to you in a pure state. I'm just, I'm just making the point that um, if if we're if we're developing alluvial planes mm. using the vantage system as is or as needs to be tweaked, mm. that's different to saying right. Well, I'm going to make individual ability rolls, or I'm going to do combat like this and of course it's totally totally fine mm. um you can of course you can do that but what are we what are we investing that that work on the project what, what are we investing that time on i think it's, it's interesting not... that this let's return to the butchered set of let's yeah. return to this concept yeah when you have partial rules that are delivered to people who they yeah. very no Getting others to I, play I, your game I don't, system. I don't, I don't think the rules are that partial. I don't think they're that partial. Um, I agree there are things that could be clarified, and there are other. There are a couple of tiny things that could be added, but they're not partial. That was they're, not David's experience either. I mean, what was particularly fascinating was watching David play as well, and yep. to get the sense that these... You can hear when people draw breath, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playing along perfectly fine, and then there's the breath drawing point, and then you see how it plays out, and then you have players such as myself ask questions like, "How can we like what stage is the mammoth at in terms of its yeah. general well-being?" And I mean, I guess my each each individual, particularly those yeah. that you play with, and it's I'm I'm hoping that David also explored this with a butchered set, um, has to. <laughs> has to come together on some things. And I'm really fascinated, in fact, looking forward to the time that I can present a map of, of the southeast of England. And then, you know, perhaps with David or perhaps with someone in Australia or some, maybe even you, explore this with a, a somewhat broken Lee Enfield as discovered in some bombed-out crater and these kind of things. Because I think what's interesting is that it was through my experience with these butchered set of rules that I had created and was given um, that I realized that combat is really, it has to be something which is pretty central to the game mechanic, irrespective of the way the individuals and the rule creator feel about combat. And I think the mm -hmm. experience that I had through this was everything ran smoothly until mm -hmm. there was an injured large animal <laughs> involved. And, you know, but even things like, even things like the slingshot that I used to fell the, the other tribesman who was hiding under mm -hmm. a carcass. Mm -hmm. I yeah. think, I think what the system, the system works in a slightly different way. And David is very, very familiar with D and D. Um, he really knows that inside. So now we're arguing and about the butchered set that he did specifically. What I'm, what I'm saying is that, um, the, the combat rules, if you are in combat, are pretty straightforward. Um, what what they're not necessarily is um, that similar to a lot of other systems. Mm. However, I think Dragon Warriors, for example, has a mm -hmm. kind of um, damage differential. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and that is what that's what the Vantage system is based on too. Mm. And um, and so I think when people are used to certain things. Um, and they, I don't know, they haven't had the chance to actually think it through. Mm. That's when they need to draw breath. Mm. Um, and, and I think David did a fantastic job. And I think you did a fantastic job uh, when you've, when you've, you know, when you've both run alluvial planes. But when, you know, I've, I've run the game a lot. And mm. of course, I would say this as the person who's masterminded the, those mechanics. Mm. Um, but combat is pretty straightforward i think if i'm right in remembering um dave wasn't rolling anything for the mammoth unknown so he treated unknown i mean i don't think that was 
So that yeah. that of course is a is a really key thing. Um, that that the that in a in a simpler way than a player character, mm. the NPCs also uh, roll. Um, and if they beat you, mm. if they outclass you in in a round of combat, then they're then they're damaging you, regardless of who mm. started it. Mm. So so I think I think I think David treated the mammoth like like a kind of a static object. Unclear, really, in terms of the actual experience that we had. I, I, I can't remember him explicitly saying, I'm rolling for the mammoth, but he could have been rolling dice that we didn't know about, and I think we really need to talk to the man himself associated with this. Well, I mean, I have done, I have oh, okay. done, and, and that's that's sitting in the can waiting to be out <laughs> as an episode. So Very it's, good. You know. Very good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll certainly look forward to listening to that one. Hopefully you cover... Other, I mean, yeah. Anyway, hopefully you cover a lot of stuff. I think this idea of 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 you know using rules how you want is totally totally fine. Um, I guess from my side, when when you've said things like I want to run a few sessions of alluvial planes mm-hmm. using uh, a, a, you know an alternative version of the rules, and it's set during the Roman invasion. Okay, so let's look and at the alternative system think, of the rules. Oh, because yeah. I guess my perspective on that, what I was talking about was actually just just changing the magic rules uh, and just making modifications of that aspect uh, because they, I wanted to explore. Long been, but they've long been gone already, basically, or, or stripped right down um, following following uh, you know the the the, the magic gate or whatever we call it. The, yeah, um, that was only a few years ago. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think <laughs> these was, things... That was, that was last year, Tom. That I know. Was last believe year. me. Believe me. So I think that um, the magic gate seemed to be a whole lot of, of apologies on your part. Um, no, I, no, 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 no. Anyway, so, um, <laughs> I, so when we talk about the, the butchered set of rules, Tom yeah, was interested yeah. in exploring aspects of the magic, mainly more additive magic associated with you know what i thought was interesting distinctions between uh, the the natives magic and the roman magic that they brought in mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um which i thought would just have been an interesting dynamic it's interesting here totally. that the, the, yeah. the vantage system which stretches from dark ages well pre prehistory to world war Two, could, could be damaged by just changing or butchered by just changing the magic aspect of it I guess my sense with Vantage was that I thought of it as a robust rule system that would allow for these kind of modifications. Um, however, uh, that's that, that. Well, go on, go on. However, however, go on, go on, it's perfectly within your rights to to think of this crazed Australian butchering your rules and and dockering them and taking them on to other people, um, and not in any way representing you in the process, and no doubt having a, a good series of chuckles through it. So yeah, I I wasn't particularly but- yeah. Yeah, but, but Tom, I, I mean, I I have I have uh, a version, a vantage game mm. that that someone uh, a, a playtester in Japan mm-hmm. who lives in Japan has created, and this is a kind of um, uh, it's a kind of uh, grindhouse post-apocalyptic mm. setting, mm. Um, and. And that that's just sitting there. So if we can if we can if we can pull our fingers out with with alluvial planes, um, then there's that. And mm. I and I really like the idea that once people have got a set of the vantage dice, mm. that they can use them mm. for other settings and and they just and we can just put them out. So the idea of having Roman conquest is, I, I, I think, is fantastic. And just a little footnote on all of this with the Counterpoint D6, which which I developed for League of Eternal Guardians and for Trickster's Net, and I've started using in other places too. I've I've realised I got to a certain point with that. I think where. I did feel like there w- there was a a robust set of core rules mm. and and it's really interesting to see how different settings and different I don't know time periods eras, different yes, eras, yes. yeah or, or you know or different capabilities 
can be used in different ways. So you can completely strip one thing out mm. um, and then add something else in in place. And you know, and I'm kind of on to maybe the fourth different iteration, fifth, I don't know, of of thinking about the um, the basic core mechanics. And and so I think I think the whole magic thing with alluvial planes, I think that was a really important and interesting process to go through. And I don't think there was anything um, wrong or I don't think there's anything inherently wrong or right about any of them. I think what's interesting is uh, coming coming to the right to coming to the, the right feeling or the right balance of how to how to use the magic mm. and and i think and could be and revisited I, and I, at any time like this is totally. not something that is over yeah. two yeah. years ago or a year ago or however long it was this is something actually that probably you know if it sticks in the side of any players merits some house ruling anyway yeah and i and i do think and i do think exactly i think uh, a, a magic supplement would be ideal and I think it's interesting that other Stone Age games seem to have this, uh, this I don't want to call it a problem, but this split where you can kind of choose to have magic or not. Mm. And and I think I think I think we've you know I look forward to our next meeting perhaps where we where we kind of come back to this and because mm. um, I updated the character sheet after our last chat, yours and mine and Spencer's. Mm. Um, and I and and so I think that has I think that I think it feels like the like the magic has or that or I don't know what even to call it the shamanics mm, the spirituality yes. yeah. uh, has the providence has I think it's found I think it's found a good uh, a good place where it's mm. there but it's not it's it's I think now it's come to fruition it's 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 now more in it's more sewn into the uh the general mechanics and we don't need to have a different character sheet for a shaman mm. we can now have one character sheet mm. that will satisfy you tom mm. and well let us hope hard to imagine but it must exist perhaps <laughs> <laughs> so so you know i'm really i'm really excited about what you will produce and my other question my question to you is mm. what's going on with just playing chaos so that exists as that's a well, it's a well. The current life is is mainly like you know w w what parts of it are true, right? So I guess my perspective with that is uh, I thought of returning to it because it exists as finite bodies of work. Uh, however, if ever there were a time to launch a post-apocalyptic rule <laughs> system, I think this might not be the right time. So. Um, I think this could be exactly the right time. It's what people really want, maybe. Well, yeah, maybe. Unfortunately, I'd, I'd like to move myself out of the Just Blank Chaos Rule system. Okay. And uh, okay. once I'm out of the Just Blank Chaos Rule system, where I can actually imagine a, a future where there the may be a, a possibility in the future of actually mm -hmm. physically meeting at least mm -hmm. one of, of you. <laughs> maybe just one. I'm, I'm hoping maybe just by chance to to potentially meet David. He seems to be the easiest of the three of you. But yeah, let's um let's work towards but yeah, let's move out of the just playing living in the just playing cast rule system and then I'll okay. see where it is. Um okay. that seems to be my answer to many things currently, but with just playing cast it is specifically that there is mm -hmm. um anything that you could break down and actually use currently <laughs> towards your own survival, I think has too much mm, and also, the the uh, as we discussed on, I believe, I think it was put out in your podcast uh, a year or so ago, in this very city that I now find myself living in, mm. urban terrorism has ruined itself again. I think it's mm -hmm. perhaps it would be tone deaf for me to release just playing cars at this time for a number of reasons. I think I think they're following you, Tom. Believe me, it certainly feels that way for. <laughs> time. Yeah, no, I think just like us, unfortunately, living it, uh, need to get out of it, uh, once out of it, potentially return to it. Um, too real. It's too real. Yeah, too that's real. why I'm, I'm digging into old Citadel yeah. and related fantasy currently, because that, thankfully, thanks to Ian Livingston, I do not live in currently. 
But um, mm-hmm, as soon mm-hmm. as Nurgle and Slanesh turn up, then um, all bets are off. That's fine. Okay, good. And of course, we are we're planning on on starting our Alluvial Plains meetings again at the beginning Amen. of February, aren't we? Amen. Um, Maybe with a game or two somewhere through there. I think someone was owed a game somewhere through there. So yeah. Well, I was I was going to run one. Mm. Um, that was going to be the December one, mm. and then you were ill and. Um, David had to get his booster jab. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I, I'm still, I still feel inclined to. Yeah, definitely. To run a game, and then I can, then I can show everyone how, mm. how easy the. Am, am I allowed is. to use the word butchered to describe your implementation of the rule system? Um. I, well, I mean, I would say to you, my rules are better. I think they're butchered, but I think you, <laughs> you, you, you're like a secret butcher. That does your own butchering and then comes and says, you see these perfect rules I have before you. Anyway, pleasure as always, Barney, taken in a wide variety Absolutely. of different directions. Thank you. Absolutely. Happy Thank New you. Year. Happy New Year. Amen. Amen.